God, help me to understand who you are and to be humbled. And God, help me not to pray right now as a filler of time and for someone to get off the stage. Lord, I just pray that your word will work in our hearts tonight. God, I pray that you would give me the words because as your word says, you already know what I'm going to say before I even say it. And God, you go before me and you follow me. So Lord, I just pray that you would do that right now. And Lord, that you would just give me the words. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, I remember when I was younger, I was 15, and um, I just remember believing in Jesus for the first time, and I was so in awe of God that I literally thought about Him all day, every single day, because He was so amazing to me. And not hearing the gospel my whole life, I was just, I was just, it was just amazing to me that I was so bad, and no matter how much good I did, I still couldn't get to him, yet he loved me, and um, sometimes I just wonder where that, that all went, you know? Sometimes you just, you get in a routine and you start building up this pride because I wanted to know God more and I started reading more, I started studying more and I started listening just so intently to every person I heard preach. It was, I was like a sponge and it wasn't long before I started building up pride and so many people that I know have this pride about them that they know God, right? They've been to church their whole life and their pastor, this and that. He went to this seminary, went to there and and I know God and I, you know, he wouldn't do, we, we act like we know him, right? But it's so prideful to build up all that knowledge it's like we read too much and don't do enough. We have all this knowledge about who God is, yet we look the least like God. And it's amazing to me how I could know so much about God and hate so much and be so angry in my heart. It's amazing how I can know so much about God, and when someone starts talking about Him, I start thinking in my mind, they're you know, a new Christian maybe, and they're just wondering about Him, but in their heart, they're, they're in such awe of Him, the fact that He would save them in their sin, and I would look down on them because they don't know as much. Or that someone knows God truly, but we decide that we know God better. So instead of being united and loving one another, we separate because one little thing is different about what we believe about God than they do. See, in, in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, it might be 1 Corinthians but there's, there's these Corinthians, you see, they, they were offering sacrifices to these idols. They had made idols. And, they, and what they would do is that they would take this meat, you know, this, this sacrifice, this offering that they had. They would take that meat and they believed, as, as much as I can understand, they believed that there was demons in that meat and that this idol that they had created, this, this God that they had created, little g, would come into that meat and purify it and, 
And you know, if if they didn't, if the if that God didn't purify it, that meat was was not good to eat, and so on and so forth. And well, these people became Christians, and then these people at the Corinthian church were were talking to these these people that that believed in idols, and and they were worshiping, uh, you know, other gods, and they were like, man. Don't don't even sweat that. Like that meat, that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's no such thing as what you believed in before. But see, these people were weak, and they didn't want to eat that meat because they were scared that that they were worshiping their other god again, and they wanted to worship the true god, and they wanted to do the right thing. So instead of eating that meat, they were gonna just not eat it at all, and they and they were gonna eat whatever it was other than meat. But these you know, see, Paul told them, he said, if it makes your brother stumble to eat meat, then you shouldn't eat it. You see, it wasn't, it wasn't that the meat was bad and that the idol actually existed, but it was the fact that these people, with their knowledge, they were prideful. It's like the, well, duh, kind of statement. It's like, you know, well, I didn't know that two plus two equaled four, and then you got... You know, another little second grader, well, duh, everybody knows that. Is that, you know, that's, that, that's pride. And it's like, well, duh, everybody knows that idols aren't real. Everybody knows that, that there's, there's no other gods beside the one true God. So instead of loving that person and being gentle to them and helping them to understand they were putting them down and bringing separation between them two. And there was no love. There was no building up. It was a well-duh kind of moment. And I just kept thinking about that, that pride in my life, that knowledge, and how much of it is in this room. How many of us know that God is real Pretty much every one of us think that God is real, right? And I would say that every one of us thinks we know who He is and how He acts. Yet what's amazing to me and what really breaks my heart is that most of the time we live like He's not real. We have this pride, you know, even when we pray. And I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure there's times when people come down to this altar and pray and they have no idea who they're talking to. Yet the pride in their heart says, I know who I'm talking to. I don't know if this is making any sense. But all I'm saying is that we look no different than the world. Yet we know the guy who created the world. See, he's different than most of us. He's a lot different. And from my understanding of the gospel, when we believe in in Him, we start to look more like Him. And yet, from my understanding of the Bible Belt and church, is that church is synonymous with being a Christian. And we can hear really deep and tough sermons and really just great messages that talk about what a true Christian is. And what's amazing is we do nothing about it. And I don't really care what anybody's thinking right now because I began to think about what church actually is and it's a lot of times not what we make it.
See, we think here in America that, that if you don't like something about the church, you just go to the next one. And we think to have a worship, you know, a, a service, we think we have to have a really amazing speaker who can put together a sermon and make it all come together and you know, make it make sense. He's, you know, he should have a good personality, make it funny, be passionate, be really convicting, knows Hebrew really well. We think we have to have a really awesome singer to lead the whole congregation. And if they're not that great, we're just going to go try to find another one, maybe. Put on these big events. It's just amazing to me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with great speakers. There's nothing wrong with really great singers and, and everybody coming together in one event just worshiping God. And, and it's just that we're a bunch of people Worshipping the God of entertainment instead of the one true God. And it just, it breaks my heart. Because I, I, I wanted to come up here tonight and really just, like every time I, I just want to come up here and just be passionate and just see the Holy Spirit move and see that, that y'all's hearts are stirred by what I'm saying and and I'm just, uh, I, I'm so passionate. I want y'all to follow. And there's so much pressure when you think that way because you want to know why. Y'all's relationship with God has nothing to do with how well I speak. Yet we tend to think that if the worship wasn't good or if the preaching wasn't just amazing or just you know convicting you know and if if the person says the right things oh man you know he cried this time it really got to me we're so dependent on so many other people for our relationship with Christ it's amazing now I'm not saying that we should be by ourselves because that's the complete opposite you know, some people around the world just really get excited when they say, hey, let's get together and go pray. Because you know why? They know who they're about to talk to. They get really excited because they know that their brother or their sister, they can go to them and they can say, hey, man, will you pray for me? And they know that when they're persecuted, they're not alone. And here's my struggle. That sometimes I wish that I would suffer for the sake of Christ. Sometimes I wish that it wasn't so easy for me to be a Christian And sometimes I wish it wasn't so easy for all of us. My question tonight and what I'm going to be talking about, you see, I, I thought maybe we could have done this at the very first, you know, if we were going to do it at all. But who cares? We're going to do it tonight anyway. My question is, who is God? Because I was, I was talking to a person at work, and I started off with questions like, you know, what's your name? He's new. He's 19 years old. Smokes a pack a day. Just the nicest guy. He's so sweet and innocent, kind of just, I just look at him like my son. Because, I mean, he just looks so young, and he just, he looks like, I know he just looks so vulnerable to the world because he just will believe anything because he's so young. That's just what kind of what I'll look at him like. And I asked him, when I was joking with him at first, I said, you're going to die because you smoke so many cigarettes. But he thought that was funny, so it was okay. And the first day, 
he, uh, the second day he worked with me, he left one in the, in the pack just so I would be happy with him. But I said, what's your purpose in life? And he just looked at me as like, I don't know. That's a deep question, bro. And uh, when he said it, he kind of, he just kind of smiled like I was not expecting that. And I was not expecting him to answer like that. Some people kind of, they act like they know what their purpose is. Now he jokes around with me and says, to have fun, you know. And I was like, no, he knows it's wrong. But eventually got to the point where I asked him today, I said, so do you believe in God? He was like, no, not really. He's like, I do, but I believe in a lot of different things. And, okay, I guess I'll just tell y'all. He just kind of, he thinks that one day we'll come back as another person and we won't even know it. I'm just like, bro, like, what are you even talking about? And he started going on this little thing that he read on Google, like, you know, maybe, you know, you know, there's this drug that does this. And I was like, oh, God. And he said, what if one day we wake up and we say, and then your friend says, that was, you were tripping or something like that. Like, you were high on drugs that whole time. You didn't even know it. I'm like, dude, you, whoa, hey, like, slow down. All right? It was just great. Sorry, kids. I'm sorry. You know, explicit. I'm sorry. Uh, viewer discretion advised. But I, I was just talking to him, and I said, is do you believe in God? And he was like, no, not really. And I said, if he were real, what would he be like? And he said, he would be loving, like kind, you know. And uh, he was like, I think he'd be somebody who, and when he says somebody, it just, it caught me. Because we don't, we don't, Fear God as if he's over this whole thing. And you start talking about all these religions and you start talking about how do I know that that God is real, you know, when there's all these other religions. And my simple answer was to him is, well, if God was real and he created this and he wanted you to live a certain way, and you believed in him, that means you'd have to change a few things, right? He's like, yeah. And I was like, so would it be weird if somebody made their own God and said that they were going to make this God around what they wanted to act like and what they wanted to do? And they say, this is how you worship God, is acting like me? And so all of a sudden you have a million gods in the world, you know, thousands of different religions, hundreds of different religions, whatever. So yeah, it makes sense. And I said, so if you died right now, you know, it wasn't the typical Baptist question. If you died right now, would you go to heaven? It wasn't one of those. All right, just, just letting y'all know that. It's not really how you share the gospel. But um, I asked him, I was like, so what happens after you die? He was like, I don't know. I was like, well, if hell was real, what would it be like? He was like, torture. He didn't say hot. He didn't say burning. He said torture. And I was like, well, who goes to hell? He said people who do horrible things. Not just bad things, but horrible things. And I was like, well, how many horrible things do you have to do? It went on and on. And I just kept thinking the whole time. I'm just like, it truly is amazing how many people don't know who God is. There's people in this room who have no idea. And I'll tell you how I know. Because some of you have been Christians for years. Years. I'm talking about been going to church for years. And you have never truly made a disciple.
your heart and your mind are not focused on loving other people. If you truly knew God and you believed in Him, don't you think you would act like Him? We talk about it all the time. All the time. Kenny said it from over there and he's baptized and just do something. Go do something. As far as I can see, it's the same people here on Wednesday as it was last Wednesday. Am I concerned about numbers? No. I ain't worried a bit. I don't care. But all I'm saying is, there should be some of us from this room tonight meeting in our living rooms with somebody else. There should have been some of us in this room tonight who helped somebody at least once this week. Or talked to somebody about Jesus because there's a lot of people out there who are in need of hope. Some of us are bored right now. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you finally realized that your relationship with Christ has nothing to do with entertainment. So who is God? God is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. It was crazy. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around that. The best way that I can think of it is space. See, scientists will say that there is no ending to space. There is no end to it. It just goes on forever. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true because I've never been to the end of space. I never tried it, never will. I don't really care to. But it never ends. See, I have a friend who said that, well, God's not real because if God were real, then he would have a beginning and an end because everything has a beginning and has an end. And I was like, but if God is real, then he wouldn't be God if he had a beginning or an end. And it was so crazy to wrap our minds around that because he is the only one like that. There is nothing else we can think of that has no beginning and no end. He has always been and always will be. Psalm 90 verse 1 talks about God being from everlasting to everlasting. In 1 Timothy, it talks about him being the eternal king. See, he's not just infinite. He didn't have a beginning and then has no end. He's eternal, which means he had no beginning and has no end. God is not only eternal, he's the creator. You see everything around us. You see Chiha in our back door. We see trees. Every single day we pass by trees. Every single day we pass by grass. Every single night we can look up into the sky and see the moon. We can see the stars. Every single day we can see this giant thing called the sun that gives us life, that sustains everything on this earth. And the only thing that can really capture its energy is plants. And that's truly amazing. If there were no plants, there would be no life. There's nothing else that can absorb the energy from the sun. It is so incredibly powerful. However many light years it is away, I don't really care. All I know is that it can burn me from that far away. My stove can't burn me from three feet away. The sun can burn me from light years away. That is how powerful the sun is. And God created that with his very voice. We cannot comprehend how powerful that is. That in seven days, we can't build a house in seven days. In seven days... He created everything that we can see and everything that we can't. Every part of our body, every cell in our body 
He spoke it into existence. Yet we as humans have studied the human body for years and years, hundreds and thousands of years, and we still have no clue what it's like fully. We can't fully comprehend what the human body is about. We still have no idea how to, how to get rid of cancer cells. Yet God knows. That's amazing to me. He made, he made our bodies so incredibly complex. It is truly amazing. How does your heart beat? Do you hear what I'm asking? Where, where does your life come from? You know, it says, well, anything with a cell, well, where does the life in the cell come from? How does it move? How does it reproduce? Where does that life come from? And how does all of a sudden your heart just stop beating? We can force it to happen, but it just stops. See, God knows that moment. He created every single thing that we can see, and that's supposed to be a testament to who he is. And when we look out to creation, we're supposed to be in awe of him, that he created that with his voice. Yeah, we look at it like it's nothing. We're going to flip to Psalm 139. It's not going to be on the screen because we're going to listen tonight. Or we're going to read if we have our own Bible. See, God is eternal. God is the creator of everything. He's also omniscient, which is a big churchy word for knowing everything. He knows everything. It says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. See, God is all-knowing. There is nothing that you can think of that he doesn't know. Every single fact, every single thing that has been, that will be, that is right now, he knows about it. He knows everything, every single thing about you. Do you know how many hairs are on your head? God does. Do you know every single thing that's going on in your mind? Can you remember every single thing that's gone through your mind? God knows. God knows every single thought that goes through your brain through the day. God knows every single time you sit down or stand up. He's with you in the dark. He's with you when you're in the light. He knows what you're thinking when you're asleep. He's with you when you're asleep or when you're awake. He knows everything. He knows everything. And we get puffed up with pride because we know a little bit. We walk through life like we know it. We got this. We hear a little bit of gossip, all of a sudden we know the whole story. We hear a little bit of information, and all of a sudden we know, you know, we know where it came from, we know what it's about, we know something. We know how to do this. We also we pay one bill, we know how to live life. We have one job and we know how to work. We know, we know, we know. No, you don't. We don't know everything. We can't know everything. We stress ourselves out with school because we want to know more. You cannot do that. You don't know everything. You will never know everything. There's only one. Not only is God omniscient or all-knowing, He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. We cannot comprehend that. Psalm 139 continues... It says, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me. 
and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. What's amazing is that whether I'm at home, whether I'm here, He's here. And what's even more amazing than that is He's with me and He's with you. He's with us here and He's with our brothers around the world, our brothers and sisters around the world. See, He's with us here. You see, the Bible talks about, you know, there were two or more gather your name, there I will be also. You don't think he was there already? We take it out of context like we're about to have this amazing worship service when there's two or more gathered in your name. I don't really know it's talking about, you know, the church discipline and stuff like that. But, you know, who cares about that? We're just going to say it. So, you know, where two or more gathered in your name, there I will be also. He's everywhere. He's in the worship services. You see... This is his party. We were just invited to it. He, he was here before we were. You know, and what's crazy is, is he's here, and he's also in the presence of all the evil in the world, too. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. He knows everything. There's nothing that can be hidden from him. And it goes on. Y'all listen to this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Even when I wake up, you are still with me. I want y'all to notice what he said. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. I can't even count them. That's amazing. And for you to really understand how amazing that is, I want to talk about something else that he is. He's a judge. See, we take him so lightly. That guy I was talking to at work, I asked him, I said, so if you do bad things and you have to go to hell or you know, if you're in front of God, where, where would you say you would go if, if it's based on bad things that you do? He said, if I believed in God and believed that all that was true, then I would go to hell. And I said, does that scare you at all? I mean, he was just like, I mean, kind of how we are, isn't it? Do you understand that he created this whole thing? That he is from everlasting to everlasting. And that we... At the most, are six foot five, yeah, me, and uh, or seven foot two, like Shaq. At the most, we are that big compared to space, the Earth, just the Earth in itself. You are so so small, yet we have so much pride in us that tells us that we're okay, and that if you're a good person, you can go to heaven. Or if one time you prayed a prayer, 
or if one time you went to church, or if you've been going to church since you were a kid, or if you've, you know, prayed in public a couple of times, or if you've been to small groups and you kind of shared your heart, or if even you've asked for forgiveness a couple of times, but you really truly never follow after Christ because your life doesn't show it at all. We think that we can stand in the presence of perfection and just expect him to just give us whatever we want. Just we want to go to heaven because we want to live how we want to live here. And instead of, you know, being tortured for the rest of our life, I kind of want to continue this pattern of, you know, getting what I want. So, you know, God, hey, I just want to get into heaven. Is that cool with you? And I'm going to go fishing there, and I'm going to have a nice, really, you know, really cool road that's like, you know, made of gold, and I'm going to have a mansion, I'm going to have all this stuff. We think about how amazing it is, but we don't think about facing God. We don't think about talking to Him and being judged by Him. Do you understand that you can't even look at Him? You cannot even look at Him. Without dying, the angels have to cover their eyes. They have to cover their whole body with their wings because of his amazing glory. Everything that he is is everything that we cannot handle. We cannot stand before him and not just fall to our knees. He is perfect and we are not. We are far from it. Being a good person doesn't get you into heaven because God's not just good, he's perfect. There is no flaw in him. And just a reminder, this life is not about you. And neither is heaven. Heaven is not about you, and neither is this life, and your parents' lives are not about you. Nothing is really about you when it comes down to it. You are here. Because God puts you here. If God didn't want you here, you would not be here. It's coming together now. We're starting to understand that he created us and that we're only here because he gives us our next breath. Everything that we have is because of him. But we're so puffed up with pride. We're so puffed up with pride. It's amazing how prideful we are. It's amazing that we can pray to fill time. It's amazing that we can pray to ask for a new job. Or we can ask, God, would you protect my... It's amazing that we can pray over food without really realizing who we're talking to. Do you know what prayer is? It's not just something you say. It's who you're talking to. You don't pray to your mom or dad. You know, but we talk to God like it's our mom or dad. He's not just your friend. He's God. He is God. Let that sink in. G-O-D. God. It's not just a religion. It's not just, hey, you know, God is real. I believe in him. He's God. There's only one worthy of that name, and he's not a somebody, and he's never messed up ever, yet we tend to think, hey, God, you messed up a little bit here. You gave me the wrong body type. Hey, God, you gave me the wrong job. Hey, God, you gave me the wrong situation. Hey, God, could you just, hey, God, God, we ask him all these different things. We never once think about the fact that he is perfect and we are not. And that we should humble ourselves and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Did you know that God judges us based on what we do? Whoa. I didn't know that. I didn't know that if if we became a Christian and never did anything about it, that we were going to be judged for that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you will be held accountable for what you do. And I guess the meaning behind that is if you become a Christian and never do anything, light bulb, does that mean that you were following after Christ? Because I thought that following after Christ was doing what he did. It's crazy, ain't it? So, but here's what's amazing. 
God is eternal. He's the creator. He's everywhere at once. He knows everything. Not only that, he's a judge, but he's love too. First John says that God is love. What is love? God. God is love. See, what blows my mind is that he created us as perfect beings, yet instead of following after him and doing the right thing, he gave us free will to love him back. He wanted us to choose to love him, yet we chose to love ourselves. You know, if Eve wouldn't have done it, I would have done it. You know, I mean, everybody knows it. It's not Eve's fault. I mean, it kind of is. You know, she ruined everything for all of us, but I'm glad it was her, not me. You know, I could talk bad about her. But all I'm saying is, is that all of us are a bunch of screw-ups. We messed up. We mess up every single day. And it's not just a mess. We don't just sin. Sin's not just, oh, you know, slipped up a cuss word. Sorry about that. You know, it's not what it is. That's not the bottom line of sin. The bottom line of sin is that you love yourself. The bottom line of sin is that you choose to love yourself and this world more than you love God. Not just more. You don't love God if you love yourself. That's just the whole point. See, but even in that, even in that, that we chose ourselves over him, even in that, in his love, not just that in his love, because he is love, he showed that to us by coming from heaven down to earth and giving his life. You see, he was perfect. He was sinless. We were bad. We were sinful. We, we did everything wrong, and there was nothing he did wrong. Yet, he came down to show us how much he loves us us still, even in our sin, even in our state of loving ourselves, he chose to just go all out and show us how much he loves us by coming to earth, living a sinless life, and he took the punishment that we were owed so that he who knew no sin became sin so that we who knew a whole lot about sin could become perfect and righteous and we could live with God, our creator, who initially wanted us to live a certain way, but instead we chose our own way. But now, now we have a clean slate. Not just today, but every day. And not just right now I have forgiveness, but all the sins I had done in the past, they're forgiven too. And he knows every single thing I'm going to do before I even do it. He knows how many times I'm going to sin, and yet he forgave those too. He knew no sin. God himself took on our sin so that we could be righteous. So that instead of having to suffer for eternity, we can live with him. And you know what you do when you live with him forever, when he rescued you like that? You don't worry about walking on streets of gold. You worship him because he's so amazing. You're like, God, I can't believe you saved me from what I was doing. And God, you continue, you gave me your Holy Spirit. And when I do something wrong, God, you just gently come, hey, don't do that. That's bad. That's killing you. And when I do something real stupid and I say, God, I'm not listening to you, you just, you discipline me and you put me back on the right path and say, I love you. I love you. See, his thoughts about us cannot be counted. Do you understand how much he cares and loves you? He cares about you so much that his thought, he thinks about you all the time. He is crazy about you. He's crazy about us. And so are we. We're instead of being crazy about him, the perfect one, the creator, the everlasting one, the eternal one, we're worried about us, temporary, bad, stupid. 
We're worried about all the wrong things. We're worried about what car we're going to get next instead of worshiping him and praying to him. Are you serious? Are you serious? It's ridiculous how we act all the time. We just worry about ourselves 24-7. And God chose to love us by dying for us. It's absolutely ridiculous when we say we know him, yet we don't live like him. We have no love in our hearts for him, yet we call ourselves Christians. That is stupid. It's absolutely, it gives the word Christian no meaning. I can't say anymore that I'm a Christian because when I say that, the guy's like, yeah, me too. Everybody, everybody I meet. God, does it not make you mad? Those who truly follow Christ? If it doesn't do something to you, there's something wrong. See, the Bible talks, Isaiah said, there's a burning in my heart for God's word. There's a burning in my heart to do what God wants me to do. I am filled with sorrow. Paul said, I am filled with sorrow because I want my brothers and sisters to know Jesus Christ. And I would rather go to hell myself and give them my salvation than to see them go to hell. I don't see any burning. You know what I'm saying? I don't see any sorrow for those who are dying and go to hell. I don't see it. If you see it, please point it out to me because I'm, I'm struggling, okay? I hate to see the fact that we believe in God and we come in here and we talk about him, we sing about him, we read his amazing, perfect word, yet we do absolutely nothing about it. We serve a little bit on Christmas Day and we serve a little bit here, we serve a little bit there, but our lives are not defined by it. It should be that you wake up and you realize, oh my goodness, this is another day to live for him. I know you're going to struggle. I know you're going to sin. I know you're not going to always read your Bible in the morning. All I'm saying is, is you should wake up and your heart be on fire because you just can't handle being separated from God. And it's crazy because this talk is kind of foreign to some of you. It's foreign to a lot of people, trust me. It's foreign to the guy I talk to at work. It's foreign to some of the people that, go to, that I work with and they're friends with pastors and they think they're going to heaven because they hear the word of God every week and they eat lunch with their pastor. That's ridiculous. Did you know that Elijah was a man just like us? You know the guy who called fire down from heaven? You know the guy who, who's really like renowned in the Bible? James says that Elijah was a man just like us. And it said when he prayed for no rain, it did not come down for three years. He prayed to God and asked for no rain for three years, and it happened. And the day he said, God, let the rain fall, it fell. And did you know Moses, you know, he had to walk up on the mountain and meet God and get the Ten Commandments and all that. He had to walk up on that mountain. You see, we're, we settle for, you know, the pastor going up on that mountain and giving a little bit to the people. Did you know you could go up on that mountain too? Did you know you can actually talk to God? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that because you know what happens when you talk to God? You change. And all of a sudden, no longer you having control over you, but God has control over you. But even if you don't give the control to him, you're filled with a guilty conscience because you understand that what you're doing is absolutely horrible because he loves you so much and you love you so much. Yet the best thing for us is to what? Love him. He loved us. Why don't we love him? It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm literally on the verge of tears, yet I'm so angry, I can't even handle it. 
And it's because I want to be more like Christ. But I, I feel so lonely. Yeah, the Christian life's going to be lonely. shouldn't be in church. shouldn't be. Sitting here walking around before the service, I just need somebody to pray for me. I just need to pray with somebody. I walk into that room. I don't even know John Mark. I don't even know the guy. I just, I see him. He's praying. I just like, I want to pray with him. That's my brother. And we're going to talk to the same person. And we prayed. And he gets up and he starts reading his Bible. Guess where he's reading? Psalm 139. Guess what we're reading? Said, said God, where I said, is God real? He said, I don't know. Talked to another guy this week. I said, is God real to you? He said, no, not really. Give me your best evidence. And I said, well, um, if, you, uh, if you died and came back three days later on your own power, I believe in you too. I didn't hear it myself. I, I didn't do it myself, Tab. I hurt somebody else. But it was good, wasn't it? I didn't know. I just popped up to my mind. I was just like, I had to tell him, I, I can feel. I can feel God. And that burning in my soul is just the Holy Spirit reminding me, your life is not your own. And I'm sitting here begging God, God, please don't let my life be my own. Please don't let me be the one in control because I know what it looks like when Keith is in control of Keith's life. And just, I, I'm still so heartbroken right now. So, man, we're, we're, there's people. See, it's so hard for me to just love people that I can't see face to face. I, I, I'm not just like, I'm not looking at the country of Africa or South America and just, just like weeping over the country. I, it's just the fact that I want somebody else to know who I know. That's all it is. That's all it is, guys. Like, I just want somebody to know God. I, I, he showed himself to me. He made himself known to me. He died for me. And somehow, I don't know how he did it, guys, but I thought that I could just work my way to God and stop doing bad things. And somehow, he convicted me so incredibly deep of my sin that it could not be anything but God. And I knew that it was him when my heart literally felt like it was about to come out of my chest. And it felt so heavy, yet so just filled at the same time, just filled with peace. It was just like, ah, it's so overwhelming to know God. And it just came out of me like, God, I don't want to ever I don't ever want to go away from you, God. I want you for the rest of my life. I don't want to spend another day without you. I remember telling him that. And you think there's been a day that he hasn't been with me? You think there's been a day that my soul hasn't literally burned with passion for him? There literally has not been. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but just to say that I'm not just, you know, I'm not trying to boast. All I'm saying is that I wake up and it's there. I wake up and I feel like I'm about to cry. I wake up and I'm just like longing after him. I read a little bit of scripture and I just want a little bit more. And it's not just wanting more scripture because I just love it. It's just like, God, I just want a little bit more of you, okay? Like I just want you. And I want to finally see somebody come to know you. I just finally want to see it. Like, I just want to see somebody fall in love with you. 
and I want to see their lives look different because of it. Not just say it. It's crazy. It really is. So, tonight, we're going to pray. And before you begin to pray, think about who you're praying to. I want... Everybody who feels led, I guess, to pray. And I don't want you to just ask for things. I want you to spend time with Him. So let's do that. And if there's somebody that God has laid on your heart, just like God laid, I guess, me on John Mark's heart because I walked in there. If God has laid somebody on your heart, you, you go get them, please. Would you please just go grab them, sit down in their seat, pray with them, or come down here and pray with them? I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it looks like you're struggling and the other person's not. Or I, We're brothers and sisters in here. Go get that person and show them how much you love them. Let's all pray to God because Jesus made a way. We can now go before him because he took all of our sin on the cross. So I'm going to pray and lead us into our time of prayer and worship. Father, God, I don't know what to say to you right now, Lord. And um, it's okay because you know how heavy my heart is right now. You know everything on my mind. You know every aspiration I have. God, you know every sin I've committed. God, you know every single thought that wasn't about you. God, you care about me. You understand me even when I don't understand myself. God, you're always faithful to me even when I'm not faithful to you. God, you love me when I don't love myself. God, because of Christ, you don't condemn me, even though I would condemn myself. God, I want to become more like you. God, I, I don't want my life to be my own, Lord. And I don't want to be scared of what people think anymore. I don't want to be so concerned about this life. God, I want to, I want to love people. And God, I, I want to worship with my brothers and sisters. And I just, I want people to know more. I want I want to see people love you too, Lord. That brings joy to my heart. 
God, I just pray that you would be with us right now as we come to speak to you. God, I pray that our hearts would be so humbled. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak for us. I want to ask these things in the name of Jesus.